Friends, good morning, big energy. Hello and welcome to episode 18 of Rug Radio and NFTs Beyond the Floor with me, Ben the Greek, the NFT 101, your host for today. Um, Episode 18, absolutely flying through the who's who in Web3 following 17 episodes, all now available as a collection of podcasts via Spotify, Apple Music, a whole host of other platforms. Go there now, follow, download and listen back at your leisure. We have started a comprehensive breakdown of Web3 progression, as told by the builders, the artists, very poignant in this instance, the founders, and the projects with real intent. We delve deep into some of the most exciting projects in the space and bring you a show that moves away from a review of the markets and the NFT gossip. And we focus on the importance of storytelling in Web3 and the power of narrative to make a project unmissable. I open the series every Monday and Thursday at the same time. So that's 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 midday Eastern and 5 p.m. here in the UK. I do so with a merry band of uh, friends in my panel. And uh, today I have a very good friend and a fellow dead fella of uh, our main guest today. Hello, Clemente. GM, GM. Yeah, uh, it's great to see so many fellas in here uh all, all you needed to do to reel me in ben was was show me that video that you you pinned up at the I top know. i'm a a little a little too fired up so i'll try to contain some of my excitement <laughs> but it's gonna be a good one really really yeah it's a one. really good one and uh and clemente while i just um have a bit of a um an introduction if you want to run through and pin any others up feel free um On Monday, we spoke with the team from HAPE and uh, my belief in Web3 brands being the brands of the future um, and all of their potential was renewed. Um, That was a fantastic conversation with a group who are delivering something really special um, over at HAPE. Um, the, The idea of mixing kind of music and fashion and bringing all of that popular culture through an nft project really really excites me um and it's the reason we run these spaces twice per week um and so today big energy people we are zoning in on something else that i think is really exciting from a a culture point of view we're zoning in on animation and a project, and I get slapped on the wrist by the dude every time I say it, a show that has not yet minted, um, but has a brilliantly funny concept. And I can't wait to talk to you all about it with my friend, the dude. Hello there. GM, GM, Ben. How you doing, man? Doing good. It's a little earlier, I think it is for me than it is you, but I'm doing good this morning. Well, you and Clemente are both on West Coast, so uh, I hope you're enjoying your morning coffees. Yeah, this, oh, this, yeah. Uh, this always happens with with Ben. We'll uh, we'll get on a call, and it's like morning for me. I'm just getting my first cup of coffee, and it's like eight nine o'clock for him. He's just ending his day, so the energy level is usually. Uh, I'm usually just coming in way too hot. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, good to good to have you up, dude. And um, and you are here with Rumblers, which is the uh, the show, not the project that you are pulling together through the power of Web three. So very very excited to get speaking with you. Um, quick admin: the format of these spaces is intended to be very open. We have our panel of uh, speakers, Clemente and myself, in this instance. Um, you, the guest, and after forty-five minutes of chat, um, we'll look to invite a number of people up from the audience to give their view or ask a question. Now, everybody, before we get going, if you would do me the great honour of heading up to the top of this space and hitting that little arrow and tweeting this space to all of your followers, I would be 
forever in your debt. And, uh, and then also maybe head down to the, um, the little purple lozenge um, and, uh, and drop a comment in the chat. All very useful for the, um, the algorithm which pushes us out far and wide and spreads the good gospel of Web3. Um, okay, we're all set. Dude, how are you feeling? Feeling good, feeling good. Let's let's dive right in. I'm stoked. Um, I'm also stoked, Clemente, real fast. Um, you going to be at this Dead Fellas party? I was just looking at it. it I'm uh, so I'm in Seattle, so I'll, I'll try to make it, but not not looking likely. It, it looks like it'll be an absolute blast, though. Mm-hmm. If you went to the New York one, it's a they throw the best parties. You got to be there. I hope you can make it down. I need to. I need to, Ben. And you know what? If you if you want to come to LA too, well, first first he needs to get a dead fellow, which is the, <laughs> the first uh, <laughs> thing I've been trying to get him on. <laughs> I've been looking for a while. Um, let's jump right in, everybody. Um, best place to start always, uh, dude. If you're happy to introduce yourself, give us a little bit of information about your background, and then also introduce Rumblers to the audience. Thanks, Ben. Um, I am the dude. You can call me David if you prefer, but the dude seems to be the moniker that's sticking. Um, I'm a big, big Lebowski fan. Um, I am Los Angeles-based production designer, union art director. Um, I work on commercials, TV shows, movies, mostly TV shows, and uh, have enjoyed about the last decade working in production. And Rumblers is our little pet project that we're really excited to show you guys. Um, and again, I, I, I just cried, correct myself. It's not a project. It's a show. Thank you for clarifying that earlier. Um, it is a claymation stop motion fight show. We are celebrity deathmatch for digital identities. Um, we've got a team that worked on Fantastic Mr. Fox and Wallace and Gromit. We've got elite animators and storytellers. And we really just want to be some utility for this space and uh, make people laugh um, and let them use their existing IP. Amazing. And so give me a little bit of kind of context then about how the the project is being built, like the, the premise, the concept, how it works and, and, and what, because obviously you haven't minted yet. People are coming into this fresh. Just tell me a little bit more about like how this, show project is being made up yeah we are a television show leveraging digital identities and part of what we ask is join us support us and help us make this show and for helping us and participating in the curation of the jokes and the storylines and the characters um, we split the revenue that we make on the show with you through a tool called residuals and we really just want to make people laugh. Um, I've been in this space for over a year and really just want to make people laugh. Enough of the inside jokes. Uh, we really want to bridge the gap into mainstream adoption. And I really am a firm believer in that happens through entertainment. And it happens through making people laugh. And it happens through giving people a product that we can all share together. We're really not trying to build a TV show that just our fans or our holders watch. Um, we really want to leverage the entire space and build a product that whether or not you're a holder of us, uh, you can still enjoy and get a chuckle out of. And so just give me a little more on that then, because so let's just say I own a dead fella and a cool cat and a bored ape and a creep. Um, and, uh, and, you know, and all of those projects are interested, let's just say, in working with you um, and Rumblers. Explain a little bit to me then about how that is going to work. Without, obviously, I appreciate you probably want to hold on to some information, but um, what, what's the general gist of what's being created? Uh, there's two ways you can participate. One, um, you can submit your cool cat or your creep or your dead fellow that you're going to be buying later this week. Uh, <laughs> you can submit that in our casting role and you create a small uh, two paragraph storyline over who you think your character is. And if the community likes the character you've submitted, then the community decides and you win that role. And our team of animators will build you a puppet and we will professionally animate it and you'll carry that role in our show all of season one. 
The other way that you can join us and support us is uh, being a part of our writer's room and being a part of helping us actually create these jokes. Amazing. And so, I mean, I don't know how big your collection is and you may not have released that information yet, David, but, you know, how many characters are you hoping to pull through this uh, this series is it is it like you know is everyone going to get the opportunity to have a go at this or is it is it more of a kind of a voting process and people really need to apply themselves uh it's really uh just a clean vote it's not actually uh too difficult you just uh submit your pfp i think last time we had 300 submissions and we narrowed it down to eight or nine and the overall group and the rumblers audience chose um, we did our semi-final round on Twitter, and our finals were done in our Discord. And, uh, yeah, uh, just it's a simple process. We've got a team of professional writers here in Los Angeles. Um, you create the story around your character, and we'll build that world out of your character for you. Amazing. Clemente, go for it, buddy. Yeah, qu quick question on just the um, some of the technicalities before, behind it. Um, a is, so do do I need to have... Does the NFT need to have full commercial rights or full IP rights? Um, I know, for example, VFriends, we don't you don't necessarily have that. Um, Gary V owns it. How does that work? And then on the flip side, if I, my dead fella, for example, gets chosen to be on the show for season one, but I end up selling it halfway through the season, how would that work? Or is there a contract where, hey, you need to hold this thing for the entirety of season one? Yeah, so there's two questions there. I'm going to answer the second one first. So in the chance that you win the role and then during the season you sell your character, um, at the snapshot date, the wallet that submits that character on that date is the wallet that gets the residuals for that season. So what you're actually doing is submitting your character and the synopsis behind it, and that is your artwork. Um, and that is your story that you're telling. So we're able to support you for your character all of season one. Um, I, I hope that makes sense, does it? Yeah. Yep, perfect. yep. <laughs> and what was the first one? Yeah, so the first one was as far as IP rights go, is, do they need to be limited? Like V Friends, for example, has different IP as Gary owns it fully and you can't really commercialize it versus dead fellas you definitely have a lot more freedom in what you can do with the ip that you have uh this is my favorite question um excuse me sorry i had to ask you again i got hit by a truck a couple weeks ago my memory is a little weird lately <laughs> um we uh so yeah this is what's really fun is we've been hearing this conversation in the web3 space about ip use and about cco and commercial rights and sub licensing for a long time and working in hollywood um, being an art director and a production designer, I navigate IP on every set we're on. Whether or not we're allowed to use that Coke can, we're allowed to use that vehicle, we're allowed to use that song, even sometimes that picture on the wall can't be on there unless we have clearance from it. So navigating IP is incredibly important. Otherwise, it can uh, long-term hurt your product. Um, and so in reference to the friends and some of your more poignant questions, we have found a loophole. I'm a big fan of loopholes. And the loophole is really important here. And I really I, follow up if this doesn't make sense for you is uh, I, I'm not sure a lot of people in this space understood what they were doing with their different license structures. But they've created a way where a lot of this IP is unnavigable in terms of vFriends. He's uh, where there's really no use in you being able to license that for commercial use because he does hold those rights, Gary B. Um, what's fun about what we're doing is you might remember those words derivatives and you remember when punks were flipped to funks and derivatives by us physically sculpting your PFP. We're putting our own artistic style on every single one of your V friends that we will be putting in the show in your instance, Clemente. So we're not digitally rendering Gary V's digitally rendered V friends into a unreal engine to make our show all digital. This is actual two sculptors and a wardrober who will be building the clothing for those we friends and then two sculptors physically sculpting those puppets. Um, and by doing that, that's their own form of transformative IP. That's their own art form. That's their own artwork. And uh, by doing that, that's a really fun loophole. And I think uh, the best way to explain that would be to think about how South Park navigates it, um, where South Park can put Michael Jackson in the show and Michael Jackson can't get onto them because parody and transformative use of their IP. Love that. Love that. Ben, I think that right there just 
was uh, was was pretty big because I don't I personally don't have too much uh, experience with that and and uh, definitely clears up a lot of the questions I had and, and uh, if anyone was wondering what that looks like as far as the claymation process Ben's first pin tweet breaks that down with a with um, the dead fella that the dude has as his PFP yeah and, that, and that, that dead fella is the the commissioner and I believe the ring announcer for the Rumblers project is that right dude just the commissioner um, and our, our Let's Rumble uh, guy, yeah. Uh, nice. um, in our first season, we have nine recurring uh, characters. I'll tell you, I think seven of them right now. We have a custodian. We have an announcer. We have a referee. We have a ringside reporter. Um, we have two announcers. We have a bouncer. And we have a, um, a beer guy. We'll call it a, a guy in the audience selling a vendor. Nice. I um, this for me um, is incredibly nostalgic. Like I grew up, uh, I grew up and um, and spent my youth through like the late nineties, early noughties, and I absolutely loved um, Celebrity Deathmatch. Um, and so um, for me, there's a real sense of nostalgia here. And I'm really like looking forward to seeing the storytelling in it. Storytelling is actually a hugely important part of this show that we're doing now, you know, and, and Clemente, myself and the other speakers, we're all really resolute that really well told stories, great narrative are going to kind of really define the, the projects that make it in the space. What does, and I guess this is a silly question for you, David, but we're going to do it anyway. What does storytelling and lore mean to Rumblers? This is where it gets interesting. I think what most people in this space currently are used to is if we announced we were Rumblers, a claymation fight show like Celebrity Deathmatch, and we dropped a bunch of PFPs and we were made up a new story for the space and we called um, our, our new world a made up name and we built out some more imaginary uh, lore. There's, a, there's by my count, a thousand projects doing really good job telling stories and uh, using their imaginations. We're wanting to leverage all of those stories and build them into a singular uh, product in a singular show. There's, I can put a bored ape and make jokes about the other side. I can also work in Farouk and his love for rugs. I can also work in the creeps and I can work in the lobsters and I can work in dead zone and the dead fellas and all the inside jokes that take place in all of these different communities. Um, it's really about leveraging all of those and, uh, putting them into a show, uh, and really starting to deliver that value and give, uh, the overall Web3 audience a chance to really learn about some of these stories because in my experience, uh, there are a lot of really good stories out there, but all of the groups and all of these country clubs um, are based on vibes and storytelling that have 10,000 fans that care about their story. We're really wanting to build a product that allows all these projects that have 10,000 fans already following along um, and really build a product that lets all of them kind of see themselves on camera. Um, I would compare it to uh, a Jumbotron where uh, I don't know what it is, but when you go to a sporting event and you see yourself up on the Jumbotron, it makes you lose your mind. And part of that is, is I think there's a lot in this space where we all are invested and care about these stories that we're telling to each other. And I think a lot of us are just itching to see it on the screen. Amazing. I love the Jumbotron. I particularly love it when couples kiss. That's my favorite thing about the Jumbotron. Um, or, or maybe when you get someone like down a, a pint of beer or something like that. I love it. Man, I, it's, you tell that story. It's funny. I go to the I go to the Dodgers game here in L.A. with my wife. And, you know, when the when the kiss cam comes on, she, we're fixing our hair. We're fixing her posture. She's so ready to see herself on the screen. <laughs> part of that is exactly the metric we're trying to do here is there's a couple shows in the Web3 space that are uh, trying to tell really good stories. And there's a couple shows that have come out that are trying to do things. But most of them are having a hard time navigating the IP. Um, and telling that story because it is kind of a minefield um, in Web3 with the different IP uh, 
licensing issues. Yeah. And by really navigating that loophole with our transformative use of the IP through physically sculpting all of these, it really allows us to give that Jumbotron moment to everyone. Cool cats, losers, dead fellas, uh, creeps, bored apes. Uh, it doesn't really matter the size of the collection that we're talking about. I would say most of them are struggling to see where their IP is going to be leveraged. And we said, why not us? Let's just build this. Amazing. And, and that's, I mean, that's great as well that you bring in that whole like Web3 side of it. I mean, uh, just talk to me then a little bit and we will come back to the, the fun, the production, but just talk to me a little bit then about like the format for your shows and in, in terms of like the Web3 element of this project that you're delivering. Thank you for that one, that question for sure. Uh, yeah, the Web3 element of our show, this is what's really important is I've been in DeFi since 2016, 2017. And part of what I love about DeFi is the blockchain. It's immutability and how it doesn't care about your opinion. The facts are the facts and they're all the same facts that we all get to view. Um, so starting number one, the most important thing to our company to fold in the Web3 element of this concept is our entire accounting structure and our entire company will be on chain. Um, all of the funds we make off of our mint will go into a contract, the community and the people who are not a part of our community can all see where the funds are going. Um, immediately upon mint, we have a hold contract to then pull from that uh, wallet to set enough funds aside to make sure that we're not a rug, to make sure that we can deliver upon our promise. So upon mint, we're setting enough funds aside for two full seasons. Um, I think that is probably the most important part of the Web3 element of our concept. But beyond that, um, the other Web3 element is we're obviously going to be using your Web3 identities. But every single vote we will be doing on our company, uh, we'll be working with um, a DAO uh, tooling uh, that is Illuminati DAO uses. That's the team behind um, what, what, what was Goblins. the collection? Yeah. <laughs> Goblins, exactly. Uh, the team behind Goblins have a really cool structure on upstream on how to vote on chain. So by tracking our users and letting them vote um, through snapshot type structures on chain, it means it's immutable. We know exactly who voted and your votes will count. And that because you're participating with us and we're in a completely on chain company, that means we get to pay you as employees and we get to pay you part of the uh, money we make from the actual show. Uh, I think that's probably a really fun tool that a lot of people have been overlooking in this space is how do you leverage the blockchain to incorporate your holders into your gains and incorporate your holders into what you're working on and incorporate your holders to walk with you and incorporate your holders to win with you. And I mean that last part, uh, how to help your holders win with you. Amazing. I'm writing down so many, I'm scribbling away here furiously, dude. Um, why don't you very, very quickly, let's go back into the fun stuff. Um, why don't you talk to us about like your experience in animation or production of this kind and maybe who's in the team and, and some of the cool things that those guys have delivered to date? Yeah, um, I'll start with me. Um, I, I try not to be this person. I know this is how the Internet works and especially Web3. It works on clout. Um, I'm like I said earlier, I'm a union uh, art director, production designer and producer here in L.A. Um, if you go to Savage Fenty's Instagram right now, that's Rihanna's uh, line. I uh, are directed their entire 2022 campaign. So their Instagram and their websiting. Um, you can also click on my profile and you can see some of that uh, this year. One of my one of my favorite career highlights is I uh, art directed a Super Bowl commercial that YouTube uh, voted the second funniest YouTube, the second funniest Super Bowl commercial. But I'll never forget, and I always have to tell this part, is um, I was at a party and in the third quarter my commercial aired and everyone chuckled and all my friends were there and everyone gave me a, a clap and a high five. And one of my friends just looked over to me, he goes, I mean, it's cool, 100 million people saw your commercial, but like Mr. Beast gets that in a weekend. And it really made me start to think about uh, the, the how media is changing and how I wanted to change my career and uh, move with that new media. 
And so we built Rumblers. Uh, we really think it's important that we stop token-gating experiences. Um, Netflix is a token-gated experience. Hulu is its own form of a token-gated experience. And we really decided we want to make a product and let everyone view it. Um, so I think I clouded a little there. Um, I used to be a carpenter. I actually got into production. I was a carpenter. I built tree houses on a show that a couple people might know. It's called uh, Treehouse Masters. I was a on-air carpenter and art director for that show for three and a half, four years. And then I found my way into some HBO, some Silicon Valley, even a little bit of uh, Game of Thrones and Veep. And then I moved to L.A., and the rest is uh, a classic story of L.A. Here we are. A little bit more about the rest of our team. I know um, I have a couple people I see in this chat that are part of our team. Um, Geheinzel, Stefan, is our German on the inside. He's over in London, and he navigates IP for a living. So when I reached out to him in uh, February to help me curate this project, I really uh, got really lucky because we kind of stumbled upon each other, and he navigates IP for a living. Um, but then on the production side, we have uh, Zach Tolchinsky. Um, he's actually in the Paris Film Festival, the uh, Austin Film Festival. Y'all should go check him out with his short. Um, he's got a short called The Forbidden Zone that is up for a lot of uh, awards right now. But some of his track record, I mentioned before, is he worked on Wallace and Gromit, Fantastic Mr. Fox. He has almost a decade of experience working with Seth uh, Green over at Stupid Buddy on Robot Chicken. He's done a bunch of brand work from Bratz to Goldfish to Polly Pocket. Um, he's been in the game for a long time. He's a Disney Imaginarium graduate. Um, and then and this is a fun one, too. We have a, our sound designer is Brittany Ellis. Some of you guys might know um, Beavis and Butthead. Uh, she is the sound designer behind the new Beavis and Butthead. She's the sound designer behind all the It movies over the last few years. She's the sound. She actually worked on some of the Saw movies as well. And, yeah, she's uh, she's incredible. So if you uh, give some of our clips a, a watch on our account a big thing that's important to us is there's a lot of really cool visuals happening in the space right now but i'd like to see some of the other art forms that go into production uh take a front seat in terms of uh a little beyond illustration and beyond uh camera effects is how do we light how do we make it sound really clean um there's a lot more that goes into production than just uh illustration awesome Clemente, go for it, buddy. Yeah, and, and Ben, I hope you don't mind. I, I pinned this tweet. I thought, guys, if you have three, four minutes, uh, I'd re really recommend you you go read that that thread by the dude. Uh, really breaks down royalties, ownership, and and uh, I think it's just a really good take. I'll, I'll unpin it in a, in a couple of minutes, but I just want to throw it out there because it's, it's pretty educational. It really shows um, that you know what you're talking about, dude. Uh one of the things I am curious, though, and I would love your take on is the, the first time Ben brought brought this and, and showed me Rumblers, my immediate take is like, I think it's inevitable that something like this will have success in the future. My only thought process is like, man, like this having this come out right now is seems like it's targeting an already existing diminishing audience in which is the web three right and, and you're trying to make a product that is an already very small market the only other case study that i have of this is not to throw any shade towards them but the real metaverse they did obviously not claymation they they did a very they did a reality style tv show where it was four or five different nft nft characters a cool cat uh uh board ape uh, a few different ones um they did a few different shows. Uh, it was very similar style model. They tried to mint. Uh, I think it was like under 0.1 to mint. Um, but they sold about 5% of their supply before they said, hey, we're just going to cut our losses here. We're going to refund everyone that minted. This was not our expectation. The demand was not there. And it was a similar model, like trying to target and create entertainment for a Web3 audience that is increasingly diminishing during this market. Is, it, is that something that you've thought about? I'd love your perspective on that. That's an amazing question. Yes, Clemente. Um, so that show, I liked what they were doing. I actually peeked at that project quite often. Um, I liked what they were trying to do. I mentioned earlier about telling your own story versus leveraging the stories that exist in this space. Um, they created their own story and they were trying to tell another story layered on top of another story on top of another story. Um, also, they ran into some licensing issues 
if you know the characters they had on that show, they were kind of limited on who they could choose and how they could fold them in. Um, every single one of our episodes will have over 200 puppets. That means over 200 digital identities in this space will be leveraged on every episode. Um, Twitter has existed with a little competitive nature in Web3, and we're trying to leverage that competitive nature that exists between projects and really put that onto a screen and let that go. The second half of your question is the one that I find really interesting, and that is about um, in terms of a diminishing market and a diminishing with a down market, let's be honest, with um, global macro forces forcing the market down and I think that show in particular and a lot of these products that exist in Web3, and this is going to be a bigger topic um, and I'm open to a follow-up on it, is uh, a lot of these projects in the space are relying on that front-end mint to define their quality and to define their mission. And I say it that way because uh, we're not in a rush to go to mint. We're not in a rush to capitalize on FOMO. We really want to stick around and wait until the audience understands what we're doing. Um, we all know how this space works with the gatekeeping and the paying influencers. We call them in the, in the big world, we call it marketing budgets. But what those marketing budgets end up usually getting spent on is paying people to retweet and post and artificially pump your numbers. Uh, we've never paid an influencer. We've never paid for a, an appearance. Um, we, do have an, we do have some backing from investors, but we are not going to be spending any of that on influencer, we really want to wait until this space understands what we're doing. Uh, we're not trying to make one season of a show and then run away and realize, well, we delivered upon our promise. See you guys later. We understand what digital identities are going to do to the world in the long term, and we're here for the long term. And part of what that means is we have to keep our mindset not set on the short term and not set on the we need to get this done right now and make this product and be done. Uh, what really relies on is sticking around for the long time. We don't want to make one or two seasons. We want to make 10 seasons of this. Um, we know where digital identities are going. We know where the tech is going. And where are we in five and 10 years from now? I don't care as much about the next six months because we're, we have a plan for our company and we have a plan for what we're doing and we have a plan for how we're going to remain viable. Um, I hope that makes sense. Yeah, I, I love that. I love, love to hear the perspective on the long term. Maybe it could be best I, I want to touch on, I don't know if you see, I pinned that tweet up top as far as the thread goes. Uh, some people are asking, how are you planning on generating revenue in the short term? How are you going to monetize? I know you have a longer term plan for that. One quick question I did have, though, is do you have any thoughts on the the legality on breaking up profits and distributing them among holders is that legal i don't have the experience behind that but all i know is that this week the the talk of the town has been the sec now talking with with yuga labs and trying to figure out like hey is this a security how do they distribute ApeCoin and and everything that goes into that i'm curious if you've looked into the legality that goes into being able to distribute these types of of profits um, and if that's a fear that you have is like hey because this thing is so early what if two years down the line or halfway through season one there's a new regulation that comes into place that goes against what we initially planned. Yeah. Uh, this is what I, <laughs> I keep emphasizing that we're a, uh, we're a show, we're a product and we're not a project. Um, a project implies that we have an idea and we want to figure it out. Um, we spent the first six months before we even uh, started our Twitter um, we spent the first six months designing this company and making sure it was viable. So to answer your question, we have a lawyer that works for our team. We've spoken with three, four lawyers. I've spoke with Jacob Martin, the NFT attorney. Um, some of you might know him as Two Punks Capital. We spoke with quite a few people in the space when we navigated all of that ahead of time. So the way I, I'll respond to that is I'm not an SEC lawyer, but I will say we have an SEC lawyer. Um, that has weighed in on how we're going to be doing this. Um, and part of what that means is we are set up, we're, an or we're incorporated, we have an incorporation in Delaware, and we have an LLC here in California. Um, we set all of that up on the front end, and uh, we'll be navigating that conversation on sharing profits. And I use that word carefully because what sharing profits actually means is not royalty. The term for that is called a residual. And here in the entertainment world and in Hollywood, it is a very common term for your artistic contribution towards a entertainment product. You are entitled 
to a residual. And the definition of a residual is profits made on an artistic product. Um, it's really fun story here is that law was actually passed in the 70s by Ronald Reagan. Uh, Ronald Reagan was a president of the U.S., but before he was, he was a famous actor and he was in a bunch of famous Westerns. And in the 50s, he was a big actor in the Westerns. And as television came around and television started taking off in the 70s, a lot of his Westerns started being played on television and he was not making any money from them. Um, and so the Congress carved out a law for entertainment products to pay residuals. Um, so Ronald Reagan and many of the actors and producers and people who work on this, on, uh, on, on entertainment products could get residuals over the long term. Fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. And um, I love the fact that you've got down to this minutia of the detail it makes me incredibly bullish about your project dude honestly and uh i'm i'm really really grateful for the uh honesty you're, you're coming up with here when when answering these very challenging questions today clemente yeah i like it clemente bring it <laughs> um okay then i have a question what has the response been like from like maybe other folks you've discuss this within the web3 space i don't know if you've spoken to any projects in particular about like ip use and 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 any of the yeah i guess other projects in the space have you have you shared your plans with them and and, and got any feedback from them yeah most of the feedback we get is oh my gosh we can't wait to see our 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 character in the show uh the possessed they're so excited to put themselves in the show. Uh, I, I, it's the fun thing is, is it costs your project or your community is what I'll call it. It costs your community no dollars. It costs your CEO of your community zero dollars to participate with us and to see your characters animated into our show. Um, that is our job, and all we ask is that you support us and participate with us. Um, so we've had a really good uptake because I think we happen to be one of the. Only, it's really fun when we do these outreach. Uh, calls, most people are like, well, what do you want from us and what do you require and what's it going to cost us? And we're like, it costs nothing. Just participate. We're we're really not trying to be the influencer type with our hand out and say, give us this and we'll give you this. It's really just work with us. And thanks for working with us. And we'll provide some utility to your community. And in exchange for helping us out, we'll give you a free 10 to 15 second animation for your brand to use. Amazing. Clemente, go what for I, it. What I, what I love about that is, well, you have the luxury of being able to do that, right? The advantage of being funded before having to and being able to take this patient approach is you don't have to rush to monetize, which is what 95% of projects are struggling with is they use these NFTs as a way to kind of kickstart and get the funding that they need, but they have to rush to that. And a lot of times they, they become royalty dependent and it's, it's a huge struggle. But And that's why everyone's kind of used like, hey, I give you this, you give me this in return because they need to do that. But from what your approach, like you can kind of sit back, really get the sniper ready and say, okay, what do we need to do here? And and it's a win-win for anyone. Like who doesn't want a lobster or a loser club or a clone? It's, it's a win-win for basically everyone because they get to further their IP, further their exposure out in the overall market. Yeah, that's the dirty question right now. And I actually skipped over it earlier and I'll circle back to it right here is that royalty conversation is how do we plan on paying for our show, right? Um, if this is what's crazy is we're not trying to figure this out next week. Um, and I say that in all kindness is entertainment products have always been leveraging advertising dollars in order to make them work. All the shows you watch on Netflix, all the shows on Apple TV, all the shows on your typical cable television, they all are funded by advertisers. Um, we're leveraging advertising dollars to pay for this. We are not relying on royalties at all. And uh, we are not relying on your fundraise to continually dump on our holders and we're not going to be dropping secondary collections to pay for season two we're not going to be dropping a third collection for season three no it is we have one collection and in that collection we have enough set aside in that initial mint to make four full seasons of our show and by the fourth full season we're excited to have um, our advertising dollars rolling we've already been in talks with uh consensus over at that which is metamask We've had talks with Liquid Death about uh, sponsorships and ring sponsors and the like. 
And anytime you have a product as an entertainment product that is putting eyeballs to a thing, um, there's monetary value to be garnered there. And the fun part is, is we're, <laughs> I haven't said this in a while, but it's kind of fun is we see ourselves as the web three Robin hood. Um, if, if we make the worst show possible and it's on YouTube, it's literally, imagine it's the worst show possible and it comes out on YouTube. If the web three audience understands what we're doing, even if you hated our show, you could watch it 10 times and have the whole space watch it 10 times. And we'd literally be stealing advertising dollars from Ford Motors and YouTube and literally giving that back and adding liquidity back to the Web3 space. So we kind of see our project uh, internally as a Web3 uh, Robin Hood of types. Another one there I've written down, Web3 Robin Hood. Thank you very much. Um, dude, David. Uh, shows of this nature can be big budget, long lead time. What measures are you taking beyond minting, like in terms of uh, time, like managing your community's expectation of, of like, I appreciate you've already told us that from the initial mint, you've got enough to take you through. But how long does it take to, to build and make a series like as detailed as this? Yeah. What's been really fun is, is once we announced um, kind of our vision and where we were going um, in June, we have spent the last few months uh, getting ready for that moment. Um, we don't want to wait until Mint and then have a four, five, six month lead time before we're actually into production. And you'll see our show in a year and a half. Uh, what we actually went ahead and did is started lining those contracts up and getting uh, animators ready, getting wardrobers ready. And I'm actually sitting in our new studio in downtown Hollywood. We were going to need a building to shoot this show in. We're going to need sound stages to record the voiceovers. We're going to need a writer's room that we can all sit down and work on together. And so I'm sitting in our new studio. We're ready. We're, we like to call it internally also that we're turnkey ready. Um, when the time is right for us to uh, go to Mint and the time is right and the space understands what we're doing, we're going to go. And we're ready to press enter on our uh, team and what we're working on at any mo at a moment's notice. Um, we need two weeks to go into production before we start. And we imagine our first episode will take eight weeks uh, to make. And immediately upon making, we'll be able to release our first episode. Um, immediately upon releasing our first season, uh, we'll go into writing and production on our second season. Amazing. I mean, this is turnkey is the word this is really exciting stuff what what's your ambition then and and i and i don't mean to you know to yeah you've said 10 series and i get that like I, I appreciate your ambition is to make a great show but like what's your ambition longer term and more holistically like for the project for web3 for the community like what is it that you want to achieve here so that's a big one. Um, long before I was in Web3, I went to school for philosophy. Um, and I've always, my, my, my friends in school were always calling me community. I was the one who wanted to share cars and share computers and really do things with people. Um, I'm a big fan of doing things alone and success you find alone is really meaningless. Um, something that's been absolutely amazing this year has been working with the team that we've built, um, having the support of everyone, winning together. Um, and so I would say the ultimate vision of what I'm wanting for Rumblers is to build a company that uh, interrupts the big machine of Hollywood and really pays people a fair living wage and allows creatives to create. Um, I mentioned earlier, I worked on a Super Bowl commercial. Um, I worked on that for two weeks. Um, it was a crazy two weeks, um, and it was an awesome commercial. Y'all go check it out. Click up Super Bowl commercial on YouTube. You'll find it very quickly. It's the founding fathers signing the Declaration of Independence. It's very funny. Um, but part of that is, is by working on that, I'm a creative, and there's not always a lot of space to express yourself when you're part of a larger machine. Um, and so our ultimate vision is to build Rumblers out into a place that we have 10 animators and three lighting experts and four animatic artists and illustrators and sound designers that really get to experiment and push uh, 
push the boundaries of what animation and claymation with the new technology, with Unreal Engine, of what we can actually deliver and do and let people really learn to express themselves. Um, when I'm on a set, there's 60 to 100 people that are on that set and probably 40 of those 60 are creatives. But often, oftentimes we're not always given the tools to allow ourselves to create and express and experiment. Um, and at Rumblers, our focus is really creating um, a product that's fun and enjoyable, but also allows the people working on it to uh, have families and also allows the people working on it to come in every day and express themselves and make something really fun that they're proud of. That's lovely, man. That's, I mean, that's, that's, um, it's very community focused. And I think that's a really important, a really important angle that maybe with the kind of difficult market of the last few months has been blurred a little bit. And if I think about when I came into Web3, the whole like wag me uh, notion was very, very clear. You know, it was it was a space for sharing. It was a space for embracing what other people were doing and encouraging greatness and also, you know, lifting a few ideas for yourself and being able to implement them and change them. And I think that's something that is just a little bit fragmented at the moment. And it's becoming a little bit tougher to maintain that sense of like, we're all going to make it because I think there are some people in the space who would prefer to make it a little bit earlier than other people. And so, yeah, I think that's a really, really nice notion, man. I'm, I'm, I'm really, really stoked for you. Um, what's been the biggest learning so far then for the team for the project to date because you are your pre-mint but it sounds like you've been pulling this together for some time yeah um i think the biggest learn the biggest thing i've learned over the last four months is you can't make people um understand your long-term vision um as much as I'm bullish on this tech and I'm bullish on digital identities and I'm bullish on the future of this Web3 space, um, I can't make other people see it that way. Some of us here have been here. Some people are here for great storytelling. Some people are here for great illustrations. Some people are here for communities. And some people are here to make a quick buck. And I'm not here to tell you, you shouldn't do any of those. Uh, everyone has their own free will and their own thing to do. Um, I will say the, the thing that I've learned is being okay with the diversity of different people and what they're trying to do. Um, if you're here to make some money, I hope you make that. If you're here to tell stories, I hope you get to tell stories. If you're here to find your people and your tribe, damn, I hope you find your tribe, right? Um, so I think a big learning thing for me has been that my intentions are to find a community and work with friends and make something really great and lasting and leverage this tech. But that doesn't have to be everyone else's. And I think that took me a little while to um, not force my logic and my thinking on everyone else. Yeah. And it's an easily done thing, right? It's uh, um, I, I totally agree and accept that. I think it's a, a great answer, man. Really good. Um, I've got one question left. So if anyone in the audience wants to ask one, and I know Clemente will no doubt have another or two. Um, but my uh, my last question is, what do you think? I mean, you seem like a smart guy, David. What, what do you think is coming next for the NFT space holistically? Like, what do you think is the next big thing in the space? Well, I'm trying to tell myself this to stay humble is, you know, I am a... Master Carpenter, who went to school for philosophy and structural engineering, who now works in entertainment. Um, I am no soothsayer and no Nostradamus. Uh, let me just preface it with that. But what do I think is coming next for the NFT space? I think what we're experiencing in this space, what it feels like to me, is what it feels like the stories that I learned in history on um, any new developing city or uh, real estate. When New York or San Francisco were just getting started, there were a lot of grifters. There were a lot of people who were selling you fake Rolexes in their jacket. There were a lot of people selling you land on the other side of town that they didn't actually own. Uh, and I think that's just part of a growing and an evolving space. And I hope that the people that were here early don't get their hands burned on the oven so badly that they don't want to stick around. Um, because I do believe that digital identities and leveraging your digital identity in the long term 
is inevitable. Um, I think that's where we're going with storytelling and immersive storytelling is look at the way storytelling was done through books, orally first, then books, then stop motion, then black and white with no audio, then black and white with audio, then color. And we've just gotten better, more immersive than IMAX. And now we're into VR. Um, I think storytelling is going to become more immersive over time, inevitably. And I hope the people here can stick around long enough to uh, to really see that story get told. Fantastic answer, David. I love it. And um, I guess I want to just like, we've only ever had a few projects up one or two um, pre-mint and I just want to be absolutely clear with the audience. Like this is not a paid advertisement. This is me and David speaking regularly and, uh, and me just really, really loving the idea behind Rumblers and what David is trying to create here with the team. Um, and so um, for me, this is one of the most exciting things emerging from the space at the moment. I am really, really looking forward to following the progress. Clemente, any final words from you, my man? You know, Ben, when you when you first told me about about this project and and what they were trying to build, I was obviously I think I think with reason based on what my other other case study that I that I brought up, I was like, hey, you know, I'm rather bearish on this. So I, you know, I'm very curious to see your different takes. But yeah, I'm I'm very impressed, and I think. Yeah, like you were saying, Ben, this is not a paid advertising, but I think it will be really cool if, if what, and I do think it will have success, Rumblers will, it will be really cool a year or 10 years from now to be able to pull this Twitter space from the archives and to say, hey, like, that you heard it here first. Um, yeah. That really excites me. Um, it looks like we, we do have someone requesting to come up while, while you bring them up, Ben. Um, what last question I had is, uh, Dude, one of the things that I was thinking about is, and that I kind of struggle with, is like dealing with the existing community that you have. I think a lot of us in our previous experiences, a lot of people that we know in real life don't have a lot of experience in Web3 or have that context. And they see a lot of scams and these JPEGs and, and they're like, hey, you know, they, they're not too excited about it. I am curious from, from your connection, from your experience that you were telling us about and the connections that you have as you've brought up this idea and, and what you're trying to build with Rumblers, what has their initial response been? And has it been a bit discouraging at times? Uh, I think, the, to be honest, most of the discouraging comments I get are from the Web3 space. People saying things along the lines of, this is an interesting question, but most of the discouraging things we get are from people in the Web3 space that want us to create a FOMO mechanism to then pray, and I, I'm going to use these words really carefully here, to prey upon people in the Web3 space uh, with FOMO. Um, I don't want people to support us because they think we have this really cool marketing trick. Uh, I, I am a fan of, uh, I'm going to be careful here, of Frank, but DGods had a great marketing tool. Um, and I think long-term I'm bullish on what they're doing, but I do not want to set the expectations that we are going to be tricking you with flashy, shiny things, um, to market and dump upon you. Um, we want you to understand what we're doing and we want people to understand our product. We want people to understand that entertainment, um, in a down market, something I learned in 2020, one of the best years of my life, uh, professionally is when the markets go down. We need more things to laugh at and we need more things to entertain us. Um, and then outside of the Web3 space, um, I've actually had really good uh, uptake. Um, a little alpha I'll put here is our show is being presented to Maximum Effort. That's the production company behind um, Wrexham. I'm not going to say they're into it. I'm only going to say that they are interested um, because they do understand the the most people outside of Web3 that haven't had their hands burned on the stove understand the long-term viability on digital identities. And I don't think it takes that much to explain that to people. I think what we really need to do in this space is graduate beyond um, inside jokes and shitposting. They're fun and I follow the same ones as everyone else. Um, but we really need to find a way to uh, really bridge in a broader culture beyond our meme web three culture. There's a lot of world out there and there's a lot more 
out there in terms of music and artists and visual designers and also just thought leaders that we haven't even brought into Web3 yet. And I think most of those people understand the long-term viability of it, but they don't necessarily want to jump in when most of the people that have found success, I shouldn't say most, quite a few people in this space that have found success have been the person selling you fake Rolexes out of their jacket, if that makes sense. And so I think a lot of professionals are hesitant to want to join this space because they don't want to be associated with that type of grifting. But I do see us moving away from that sort of audience. I see us moving away into a more professional uh, mindset. And as we do that, I think we're going to see a lot more people start to understand what we're doing here. Love that. It was a pretty much the, the opposite answer that I was expecting as far as encouraging versus not encouraging. Yeah, you expected the non-Web3 to be <laughs> discouraging, <opposite>. right? Yeah. <laughs> No, I think that's just the sentiment for like where the space is right now. I think yeah. like I keep coming back to that burning your hand thing, you know, is like it feels like when we're kids, you touch the oven once you figure out not to touch it. But it kind of feels like a lot of us in this space have touched the oven about 10 or 15 times and we've gotten really burned. <laughs> so tempting, that oven. Um, hello, Castle NFTs. All right. Thanks for bringing me up. Uh, this is my first time listening to Rug Radio, and I, I really enjoy it. I love how concise and on point uh, everything is, and I'm a big uh, Rumblers fan. Uh, hey, dude. What up, Castle? It's so nice to hear your voice. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, this has just been so cool. You know, I've been in the following the show and discord for a long time but i've learned so much in this last hour it's been really a lot of fun but i'm wondering where do you anticipate the show to be broadcast or where is it going to be housed and i know that might still be up in the air so i mentioned that we're talking with a production company uh maximum effort but part of our conversation is I mentioned this earlier, Hulu and Netflix are their own version of token gated. Um, you have to have a subscription to view the things on there. And I am over token gated everything. Um, I think everyone in this space likes to post that token gated is the future. It is the future to making money quick. Token gating things is the future to making money quick. But token gating isn't the future if you want adoption. Um, we really want this to be something that the entire space can enjoy. So we've uh, pledged that our entire first seat will be on YouTube. It's really important to us that we fix some of this trust in the Web3 space and really make this show. So you don't need to be our holder to watch this um, because we, we don't want more token gated. We don't want to just make a show. If, if we were token gated and we had uh, Liquid Death and MetaMask as our sponsors, most of our supply would be bought up by whales. Maybe we would become a Bored Ape and Doodle show. And if we were a Bored Apes and Doodle show, I don't think it would be very, be very interesting because between those two communities, there's still only around 30,000 people. Um, we want a show that really speaks to the entire space. So by being open, non-token gated, it allows everyone in the space to have a chance to view it. Hell yeah. I love it. Awesome. Thank you. Great question, Hello Castle. And thanks for uh thanks for coming up and uh and and for listening in for the first time. Please yeah. listen in uh regularly. It's uh it's a lot of fun in here. Um uh, that that appears to be our only question in from the audience today. Comente, I'm not giving you the opportunity to make another because we're at the hour mark, but I do want to thank you for your wonderful questions and your time today. Absolutely. No, it was uh it was amazing. I, I I'm sorry I brought the heat, I couldn't help it, but <laughs> this was a this was a great, great space to listen to. Thanks for thanks for joining. Thank you no, very much. David I hope you guys keep bringing the heat. I think critical questions is what makes us all grow. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's something as a as a show we need to do more of. Um, we're bringing up people who we admire in the space more regularly. And I think we need to continue doing that. But maybe we also need to bring up some people who we don't necessarily admire, but we do value. We do appreciate the fact that they've been able to create something and we want to talk about it critically. So, um, yeah, I'm all ears. If you have any ideas, who? <laughs> um, David, the dude. Thank you so much for your time today. And 
I really cannot wait to continue talking with you. Uh, I think we're going to bring you back regularly. Um, it would be amazing to hear you speak um, with other projects, but also um, for regular updates on where you're at with Rumblers, because um, as Clemente says, I think this is going to be something that um, that is enduring. And, uh, and so, yeah, we'd really love to get updates from you. I'd love to join you guys anytime. And I'd love to talk about uh, anytime some non-Rumbler stuff. I know that recently you guys have been asking some really fun questions. So, yeah, anytime. Great stuff. Thank you so much, Clemente, David. Thank you, audience. Thank you all. Have a wonderful evening, day, morning, wherever you are right now. Um, big energy. Brothers and sisters, thank you for your time. Have fun. And uh, goodbye. I have turned the song of this beautiful land, but the beauty.